first show of my 40s, my friend. First show of your 40s. We're, we're both in the same decade now. Uh, you know what? I was going I, I to get you uh, uh, a copy of Nine Inch Nails' The Downward Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have thought perhaps Europe's The Final Countdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so it is uh it is not Tuesday, kids. Your 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 ears are not deceiving you. Um Bill looks like a guilty dog over in the corner. That's right. It's my Shame fault. on you. Shame on you. Bad Wadman. Uh it is Wednesday. So we're a little late, but that's okay. Yep. Uh first uh first on taking pictures of 2015. Uh, and we were so excited that we we lost track of time. How about that? that that's right? very very good. It is that's yeah, good. 2015. I'm 40. Wow. What else? What else we got going? Episode on? 141. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if it was 140 and you were 40? But that's all right. It's all You'll right. be 41 soon enough. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh God. So uh, it, it's on taking pictures. We're here each and every week talking about photography talking about uh the art the science the emotional torment of making things yeah uh my name is jeffrey sidoris from fadedandblurred.com and uh and uh with me uh with one foot in the grave mr bill wadman you know i (laughs) i didn't think that it would make any difference and it doesn't except for the fact that i got the flu on my birthday (laughs) i swear to god at midnight on my birthday, I started feeling really crappy and have been in bed for three days. So yeah. I hope this is not a harbinger of things to come. It's, it's, it's the universe saying, welcome. Welcome. Enjoy your 40s. Um, pull, pull up a stool <clears throat> and you're going to be here for a while. I, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm all right <clears throat> with it. I don't, you know, I don't, I've never had a real fear of getting old. I have a fear of death. I don't have a fear of getting old. Are those things different? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, lots of people, you know, die young. Lots of people die old. It's true. Uh, so, Jeffrey, when I write blog posts, what I really like to do is ask permission of artists if I can use their work in my blog post <laughs> and then have them say, sure, th- absolutely. It's just a little blog post on a site that's going to do nothing but expose other people to this person's work. Right. That's I love you, when that happens. You would. You would think that it would be just that easy. Yeah, you would think that. You would think that it would be just that easy, but it's not. It's mm. not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I, it, one of the things I was – there's a great story about Rauschenberg, and I'm a, I'm a big Robert Rauschenberg fan as, as you – As everyone has learned over 140 as it, as, episodes. Right. <clears throat> and there's this great story about uh, uh, Rauschenberg erasing a de Kooning to make a statement about – about art, could could art? Rauschenberg was was wondering, uh, could art be? Uh, could the art be in the erasing of marks, not in the making of marks? Now, did de Kooning give him permission to do this? Yes. Okay. De Kooning said, it, "Sure, take my painting and erase it." Okay. Well, okay. Here's the story. Here's see. Now I don't have to do the blog post because I'll just tell the story. Okay. Sorry. So so Rauschenberg had just finished the series of all whites that he did, which were just, just as it sounds, they're all white paintings. And there were a series of seven of them. 
and they were they were designed to reflect the color, the shadow, uh, the environment of what was around them. So they were constantly changing, right? So Rauschenberg was was constantly kind of pushing the the, the boundaries and and stretching the definitions of what could be art, and he had this idea to to erase drawings and and see if an erasure could be art but he he in in erasing his own drawings they were nothing because they weren't art to begin with his own drawings weren't art to begin with so he decided that it had to be if the erasure was going to be art then that which he was going to erase had to be art okay so he decided that it had to be de Kooning. And de Kooning at the time was... Because he hated de Kooning in all of his work. Yeah, yeah. He, de Kooning at the time was, was arguably the most famous, certainly of the New York artists, maybe one of the most famous artists in the world. I've always liked de Kooning. Yeah. And, and he lived just around the corner from Rauschenberg. So Rauschenberg tells the story that he, he got a bottle of Jack Daniels and, and knocked on de Kooning's door. And got de ho- Kooning drunk. Yeah. Hoping, <laughs> hoping all the while that de Kooning would, would say no or, or wasn't home. To be, to be the, the first part. He hoped that he wasn't home. So then de Kooning was home and he answered the door and, and, and he, Rauschenberg told him what he wanted to do and de Kooning said he didn't like it, but he understood it. <laughs> he understood what he was trying to do. I like that. Yeah, and he said, but I'm not going to make it easy for you and I want it to be something that I'll miss. Wow. So, and, and Rauschenberg, you know, as he's telling the story rather sheepishly saying, you know, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be, you know, I just, it doesn't have to be something you're going to miss. So depending on the story that you hear, depending on when Rauschenberg tells it, uh, in, in one story, uh, de Kooning takes, uh, uh, the, the piece off of the easel that he's currently working on and sets it by the door. In another version of the story, he looks through one portfolio, two portfolios, three portfolios, a fourth portfolio, and pulls out this piece. And this piece is a, is a, a piece that's got oil paint and crayon and charcoal and pencil. And, uh, and it, the, the, the story goes it took Rauschenberg a month to erase this piece. And it's just a little, you know, 11 by 14 maybe, maybe uh, drawing. And it's got, a, it's got a little drawing on the back of it so that, you know, you can kind of tell that, that it was, in fact, a de Kooning. So I'm writing this, this account of it. Uh, and I, I, obviously, I want to use the photo of the final piece. So I write to the Rauschenberg Foundation and say, hey, you know, here's who I am. And, and uh, writing, I want to, you know, uh, uh, share this 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 story and this work with with our audience. I think they'd really like it. Blah blah blah. And they say, okay, well, you 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 don't go to us. You go to this other company called uh, VAGA, um, which is uh, what what is that? It's a visual visual artist. artists something something. Anyway, it's it's basically it's the licensing. Uh, the rights and licensing board or, or organization for artist work. And, and the only reason that we're talking about this is because this, this is, this is the, this sort of kerfuffle is, is one of the problems with why people just use images. Yeah. Because it's so convoluted 
to do the right thing in some cases and ask for permission in order to use the image. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in, in my opinion, and maybe it is easy, They're, they gave me an email address and I've got to email the people. Uh, maybe it's as simple as emailing them and they say, oh yeah, go ahead, here you do, here you, know, here you go. Uh, but from where I sit, well, you've had experience in both directions when you've done, I've had experience in both directions. Yeah. And from where I sit after, after using images and seeking permission for images and talking directly to artists for images for the past several years, it's not as simple as it should be. And, and for something like a website, a non-commercial website use, there should be a form. And you enter in the URL of the website, and here's the image that I want to use, and the thing should generate a little copyright block. Mm-hmm. And, and you say, okay, copy and paste this at the bottom of the image. Right. And you can use the image up to and not exceeding X number of pixels. Yep. You know, it, it literally should be that simple. If you've used any sort of uh, sharing plugin for WordPress, like add this or shareaholic or, you know, any number of these other, these other sharing plugins where basically you, you tick the boxes of, of which sharing services you'd like to include, whether it be Twitter or Facebook or, or uh, Google plus, uh, and it generates a little piece of code and you say, copy and paste into your, your website. That's how easy this should be. Do you think if it's commercial one, one minute, if okay. it's commercial, fine, then go to step two. If you're wanting to use it for, uh, you know, a television or a product endorsement or some sort of commercial endeavor, fine. Then I, I completely agree that, that it should, it should be stepped up to the next level. But for this sort of base level, you know, uh, uh, sharing of information, which is kind of what the internet was based on kids, uh, it should be a lot easier. It should be a lot more straightforward. Uh, I agree. Uh, I wonder if this isn't... It seems as if the the old model of art was based upon scarcity. In the sense yeah. that you can see this painting in this one place at this one time, and the less people that get to see it, the more exclusive it is, and therefore the more valuable it is. You know, some sort of zeitgeist like that. If you, if you make the argument that the internet has changed everything, so, you know, unless people are using it for non-commercial or for commercial reasons, why not get that Rauschenberg painting in front of as many eyes as possible? I guess my question is, is there any downside from the artist's or the foundation's point of view from having a Rauschenberg painting in as many places as possible, assuming that it is pointing back to whatever they want it to point back to the foundation or the right, museum right. or whatever. Well, right. This is, this is what I don't understand in this case. It's very old fa- thinking, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it is. The foundation itself, they're not, they don't have a 400 by 300 pixel version of this on their website. They've got a 2000 by 2700 pixel version on this, of this on their Which website. Which either means they want, they're fine with having a big one get out there or they're really stupid about how the internet works. I don't, I don't could think go that's either way. the case. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. Okay. Um, but again, it's, it's just convoluted. Yeah. It, it's it, circa 2015. <clears throat> not enough, still not enough people get it right, right? Yeah. now. Look, uh, Getty with their new embed newer that they debuted last year, embed image, uh, uh, platform, 
the branding is still horrible and the sharing is still not really right because it, it shares back to Getty, not to your own website. So if you embed this image on your website and somebody shares it, the share doesn't do your website any good. It shares the URL for the source location on Getty. So yeah. that's sort of lame because that helps Getty. And I yeah. get that because Getty wants to help Getty. But at least they're, <laughs> they're, they are moving in the right direction, uh, though incremental, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I've had this discussion. I mean, even having the discussion of what size images to use on your website kind of stuff, you know, where it's right. like, oh man, if it, you know, in fact, I was having this conversation with Craig a few weeks ago at Christmas and I said, you know, he's just like, look, I've got, you know, I think he said like 2000 pixel images, which is kind of, which is what I use on mine because I w- wanted them to look good on retina devices and that kind of stuff. So you need to have big enough images to do that, but you also don't want to put the original image up, you know? So it's, it's this really tough line between, trying to get it out there, but then also trying to retain enough control for the people who do want to just do illegal things with it, you know? Right. Uh, right. But the problem is, is that when you get into situations like yours, where you're going, you're asking politely for something that you're not making much, if any money on, you're really just trying, yeah, you're just trying to, you know, whatever. Um, it's the problem with it is that if you then ask and it becomes this huge rigmarole, it's easier for you to just go and take it and use it and, you know, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. You know, if asking permission becomes such a, such a drudgery, then you're just going to take it. The problem is if you ask for permission and they either don't give it or they never get back to you and then you use it anyway, then you're willfully infringing their copyright and they can actually right. sue you right. for a lot of money. Right. So right. you're almost incentivized not to ask. Yeah. And just to I mean, use it and play it, dumb. It's it's still an area that needs a lot of work. And even Getty, you know, the bulk of their images are less than 600 pixels wide when you embed them. Well, okay. So Lightbox is out of the question or Fancybox or, right. or yeah, yeah. whatever else that you're using. And, you know, at five or 600 pixels, it's not even going to fill the container that contains the text. So now it's going to be this weird visual disconnect. Yep. So it's, it's all, it really just all comes down to money after a certain level. When you, when you can contact an artist directly, and I, I, have, I have, without any exception, Whenever I've been able to contact an artist directly about uh, telling them what I want to do and I'm, I'm, you know, sharing their work and I'm sharing about their process and, I, and I'm writing about them, not once have I been uh, uh, refused or, or, or say, no, you can't use that. Yeah. They might have, they might say, well, you can't use this particular image because that's for something else, but how about this one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you know? just tell me a little bit about what you're using it for. Okay, you know what I mean? Where they just want to, yeah. And, Absolutely. You know, and people write me sometimes, I get a lot of emails from uh, students mm-hmm. and painters who want to say they like some photograph of mine and they want to use it as source material to make a painting or something. Right. And they write and ask permission. And I'm like, and I, I always give it in those situations because you know what? Hey, good for you. But the fact that they ask is enough for me to say, all right, you took the time to ask and you were polite. You have the respect enough to ask. Right. So sure. Yeah, you can do it. You know, right. It, it, it's, so it, it almost seems like the problem isn't 
the artists. The problem is all the people around the artists or right, the, right. the post artists when they die. And to be clear, if I'm writing to you, I'm writing to you not because I'm tearing down your work. I'm writing to you because I'm, I'm celebrating your work. I'm a fan of your work. I want to share your work. Yeah. So I'm not, I, there's no negativity that on, at least on my end, that's going to come from this. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not, yeah. You're not writing a hit piece about Rauschenberg where you're going right. to like, yeah. right. And even if you were, the dude's been dead for six years or seven years. Like he's this super famous guy. Like, like your little blog post is yeah. going to change what the world thinks about right, Robert right. Rauschenberg. Nothing that I could possibly write <laughs> yeah. is going to change the art establishment's opinion exactly. about Robert Rauschenberg so or I, anybody for I, that matter. It's amazing that these people actually hold on the reins so tight. They might be better off letting go a little bit. I agree. They're certainly not going to make any less money by letting go. Right. And they're not making any more money by holding on tight. So... You know, you're just, I don't know, it's just weird. All you're doing is keeping people from discovering what may be great art. Right. And that kind of goes oh. back to our conversation of last week about the uh, Magritte, Magritte, you know, when we right, talk about the right, Saul Leiter right. stuff. Where it's, Saul Leiter stuff. Yeah, where it's kind of like, okay, well, what are you doing here? I mean, other than, other than trying to sell prints or tr- try to keep the respectability of Saul Leiter up there so that his work is worth more money to the gallery or whatever it is, other than that, like, isn't your... Isn't the whole point of a foundation like that to expose people to right, right. the art? So shouldn't you be trying to get it out there as much as possible? Yes, Jeffrey, please use that picture yeah. of Rauschenberg and write the thing. Yeah, you use, use the, the Avedon Foundation as, as the example. When they yeah. created their, their iPad app, beautiful you know, photographs from throughout Avedon's career. The app was free. The, the, they're doing updates on it. I mean, it's, they, they get it yeah. because look, there is so much noise circa 2015. There is so much noise, especially in the visual arts realm, that what is the downside of exposing, you know, uh, 20-somethings or 30-somethings to an artist from the 40s, 50s, 60s? Yeah. What, what, what's the downside of that? Yeah. And, the, you know, if you search for Rauschenberg de Kooning on Google Images – you get it's thousands everywhere. of versions of that picture yeah, all over the place from different people, different places, different things, different sites. Isn't it better to have the definitive file that's color corrected, you know, made correctly? And you know right. what I'm saying? Right. right. Where, where you're actually getting what the artist intended versus a hundred different cheap ass versions. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just, it's just shooting yourself in the foot kind of. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's, I think it's short-sighted in some cases. I think it's, it's um, we've been doing it this way for yeah, this a, long. It's a generational and, thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you had, um, you know, a, a, a change in, in, I don't know, not management, that's the wrong word, but a, but a change in, in tone of the team that, 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 that does these things, maybe it would be different. But, you know, no harm, no foul. It's, it's obviously it's their image. And if they say no, you know, I'm not going to use it. It's yeah. as simple as that. It's, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, but on the other hand, that story is everywhere. And, and I, can, I, could, I could write the story and link to any number of places. Right, which is the other silly thing, you know. Right. Uh you know, how many, uh, if I go to Pinterest, you know, how many entries for Rauschenberg de Kooning am I going to find? Probably quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was thinking about this the other day while lying in bed in a stupor. Um, 
I was thinking about the fact that that people trust people go to photographers they like and they say, hey, you know, could you look at my work? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And it got me thinking, does does being a good photographer, a good artist in general, but a good photographer in this specific case, make you any better of a judge of other people's work? You know? Like is 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 a chef a good critic of other people's food, you know? Or are they just a chef and it's completely unrelated to the ability for them to make opinions on other people's work? What do you think? Um I think yes. Wait, yes, which way? Yes, it it gives you uh, the ability to to comment. I mean, I, I think. I mean, okay. I'm sure you. I'm not saying you can comment. I'm just saying, does it does it make their opinions more worth more than anybody else's? I guess my thing is, you know. Um. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, it it's it, it's it's one of the conundrums of of education. Um, you're, you're being taught how to do X by someone who may or may not have ever, you know, ever, has ever done X in the real world. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, if, if, if you are, um, an English teacher or a writing professor or, uh, a, a, a painting instructor and your, your career has been solely academic, are you going to be able to offer the same opinions, criticisms, feedback as someone who has spent, you know, 20 years doing it out, out in the world, out yeah. in, the, in the private sector, you know, if you will. I just picture, you know, if, if Hemingway being the classic drunk nightmare that he supposedly was, right, you know, was, was asked by James Joyce to read whatever, you know, would, would, would him reading and giving his opinion to Joyce – actually be a useful opinion or would it just be like one drunk guy author's thoughts on something that, you know what I'm saying? Where, Mm -hmm. where, I mean, yes, you might be a brilliant writer, but maybe you're just really crappy at giving criticism, you know? And and I'm not saying that you wouldn't, that, 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 that you would give bad criticism, like say bad things about it. Like just be mean. I, I mean that maybe you just have no idea what makes your own writing good. Right. You know, or maybe your own writing is of such a style that you really can't grok anybody else's writing that's in a different style just because it's just not how you think, you know? Uh, I just, I imagine, um, I imagine, uh, uh, let me think of some photographer. Sorry, I'm really slow today with this sickness stuff. Um, Let's say, uh, um, who's a big person? Okay, let's say Crudson, right? Okay. Uh, if if you ask Gregory Crutzen to comment on uh, you know some uh, who's the architectural oh, that's too close I'm trying to think of something if you asked Gregory Crutzen to comment on stuff that looks like Ansel Adams photographs I wonder what he would say because they're so outside of sort of what he's doing mm-hmm. that I wonder if he'd even have sort of the 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 if they'd be outside of his sphere of thought you know right. what I'm saying. In such a way that it wouldn't actually interest him at all or give you any new information. Right. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a weird thing. Because I feel like people, so many, uh, there's all these uh, paid portfolio reviews right. and stuff. And a lot of the people, sometimes it's editors from magazines. Sometimes it's that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's photographers who are on that list, you know. 
In fact, I got, I mean, I got asked recently to, to, there's this big old photo club in, in New York city. And like, they have these things every once in a while where all the members come in and they have like a little competition. And I judged one a couple of years ago and they asked me to do it again. And like, I think I'm an okay judge of other people's photographs, but like, I always start my, start the thing by saying, look, this is just one guy's opinion. Like if you disagree with me, like tell me to shove off. Cause you know what I mean? Like in some ways, what I'm telling you is, is somewhat meaningless because it really comes down to what it means to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the other things that you run into is we're always looking for validation, right? And so we're always looking for uh, peers or or even even just friends to to bounce things off of. Is this good? Do you like this? Yeah, true. So d- does your does the opinion of your of your best friend or a close friend overshadow the opinion of photographer X or painter Y or writer Z? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or 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 even in like my situation if Conrad doesn't like something I've done or if I'm really happy with something and I show it to her and she goes, yeah, that's all right. For some reason, even though she's not a photographer, she's not, you know what I mean? But like, right. because she's close to me, it, it like, it, it, it that actually somehow carries more weight. Yeah. It hits harder. I'm like, right. wait, you don't like this. I think this is really good. Right. You know? Um, yeah. That's, it's just strange how we put importance or, or weight on other people's stuff. I mean, yeah, you got to take other people's stuff into account, but I also feel like a lot of people try to uh, – uh, they, they want to hand off the responsibility of deciding whether something they've done is good by saying so, someone else said it was good, so therefore it's good. Right. You know, where I feel like ultimately you kind of have to make that decision of whether or not you think it's good yourself. I mean, everyone else can make their decisions, but like you, you shouldn't make your decision based upon what other people think. You know, if you write some no. piece and you think it's really great and you put it out there and it gets, you know, five hits and one share or whatever it is, you can still say, you know what? No, I think this, I think I really hit it on this one. Right. And all those people, well, you know, they have different opinions or whatever it is, but this is, this may be the best thing I've ever written. Right. You know? Well, and, and it's, it's, I mean, look, the, the, the this sort of approval this approval mentality it's it's the basis for reality yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean in in the creative sphere let's like if we keep it to photography you know it's it's flicker it's it's g plus it's 500 pixels it's you know all of these things you're you're putting them up looking for in in some cases not everyone but in 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 some if not most cases you're looking for the digital equivalent of a hug right yeah yes yeah yeah i I've, I've been actually trying to stay away from facebook i i maybe look once a day now mm-hmm. because i've realized that very little of what i get from it which is more of a sort of a crack high than a any sort of actual right. feeling of goodness um is is both fleeting and uh, uh, unsatisfying, right? Well, and, look, and so then I wonder why am I doing this? Why am I chasing likes? You know, be- because because we're because wired to. We you 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 want you want your work to matter. Yep. You you want to make a mark. You want to 
you you want to be you want it to be known that you exist that your right. work exists that you that you so by putting it out there something and s- to the stream right so putting it out there and seeing that 500 people made a comment about it or whatever it is somehow in some way says should it say to you that actually was good work i you know, I don't. I don't know that it can. Right. It, it's it's hard to discern because if you put up something that's not a great photograph, but it's super cute. Yeah. You're going to get a ton of response. Right. And so then you get to this thing of like, okay, well, if it's not an accurate indicator of the quality of the work, then what is it an accurate indicator of? And is that useful information in any way, shape, or form? Or is all this just this big, you know, global self-delusion thing? That can, we're all doing. Can something be appealing but not be good? Yeah, and could it be a good and not appealing? Yeah. The answer to both of those is yes, which means that ultimately if, if what you're looking for is likes, I mean, we've all proven that that just comes down to, you know, it becomes just this weird popularity contest, you know. You know we're going to get a, a an email from Mike Sakazagawa on this, right? It's going to be like 27 pages long. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. That's right. Get started, Mike. Um, hey, did you see this email from David Egan? I did. From like yesterday, I think it was, yep. or two days yep. ago. All right. You, you, you want to read this out or do you want me to read it out? Uh, I'll read it. You're, you're struggling. I am. Sorry. I'm sorry about the coughing, guys. Uh, David, I hope it's okay if we read this. If, you think it's okay? It's probably uh, okay. Yeah, I think I think I think right, so. So there's only we'll, there's we'll, only there's only thousands of people listening. So we'll, if you didn't we'll want keep, it shared, we'll keep the name hidden. It's uh, <clears throat> David E. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's Fravid Pegan. Right, is, is, right. Is, so yeah. Fravid writes. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, I recently encountered an interesting photographic situation and thought it could be worth discussing further. Sometimes I walk around the city of San Francisco looking for interesting characters to photograph, and recently I was on one of these walks when I approached a guy who looked down on his luck and was sitting on a fire hydrant. I politely asked if I could take his photograph, and he agreed. As I was focusing my camera, a woman comes in with her iPhone and says, oh yeah, I want to take your picture too, let me get close. I didn't really know how to react as I've never had this happen before. I'm always... I'm also always trying to swoop under the radar when photographing on the streets because I don't like to attract a lot of attention to myself or what I'm doing. I was pretty thrown off by this woman, but still took my shot and then asked if the guy had an email address so I could send him a copy of the photo. The woman had initially left after taking her quick pic and then returned and interrupted my conversation with this guy to take a really close photo of his face. At this point, I just had to walk away. I'm not sure if I was offended because photographing with my Mamiya 7 and she came in with her iPhone 5 or I was annoyed because I had worked to open up this opportunity to take this person's photograph and she had pounced upon my energy. Either way, I was pissed. So my question is, how would you react in a similar situation when someone steals your shot? I recently asked a fellow photographer about the situation and he told me a story about someone stealing his shot and how he ended up hitting the other photographer in the head with his umbrella. (laughs) Which is kind of awesome. Uh, I guess it's a tough world out there. Sincerely, Fravid Segan. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll tell you when I was reading this, by the point where it says, oh, yeah, I want to take that picture, too. Let me get close. All I could think of was, I want to slap that woman. I don't <laughs> think I would slap someone, but I would say, look. You know, that was, that was, I mean, that was like on, my really? impulse. Yeah, really? Oh, it's you a know, jerk this, move. Yeah. Yeah. S- seriously jerk move. On her part. Yeah. I, I think I probably would have said, at least said something. Yeah, excuse me. Um, you know, 
And then she would have been, well, what makes you so special? Yeah. Yeah, What's your problem? Yeah. 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 I love how we're turning into like some valley girl or something. (laughs) What's wrong with you? It's like a 60 year old British woman. And we're like, (laughs) she's chewing bubblicious and she's got her bejeweled Hello Kitty iPhone five case. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's genius. Uh, So what do you think? What would you, how would you react? I, I probably would have said something and apologized to the man on her behalf. Yeah, yeah. And then apologized for probably I would I probably would have apologized for myself for drawing attention to him in yeah. the first place. Sorry for opening this up to a big yeah, giant I, mess. I'm, I, yeah, this was not my intent. I'm really sorry. Yeah, yeah. But either way, dick move on the part of the girl with the phone. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. This uh, this kind of stuff does happen all the time. The pr- the problem I always you know there's um. At all of the, uh, just as a little sideline that actually relates, uh, at all of the Amtrak stations on the East Coast, like if you're if you're in D.C. or New York or Boston, uh, the New York Penn Station Amtrak station is pretty crappy. It's just bare bones, and it's just not a fun place to hang out. Uh, but there is a special Amtrak lounge if you are an Amtrak Premium Plus Silver Platinum user person, right? And... You have to go in there. You have to show your card or whatever it is. But once you get in, it's, you know, uh, carpeted plush leather seats. There's a free soda machine. There's uh, a, a shoe buffer, like one of those things you like press your, you know, you press with your thumb and you stick your shoe on it and oh, bust yeah, yeah, your sure, shoe. Sure, sure. There are clean bathrooms that are well lit and, you know, the whole thing. And I always think about this and I, because uh, uh, Conrad used to travel a lot for work. So she used to have one of these premium plus cards. So we used to go in there whenever we were at Penn. She's since lost it because her new job means she doesn't travel as much and you have to do travel X amount a year or whatever. But every time I sat down in there, I always thought, you know what? It could be like this for everyone if there weren't people who were jerks. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like all of Penn Station could be lush pleathers, you know, like nice crappy leather seats and a free Coke machine and whatever it is. If people wouldn't bring their stuff in and cut the seats by accident or write on them with markers or come in with a jug and fill the whole thing with soda and, and mess up the bathroom and don't clean it up. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like this is one of those examples of stuff where, where, where there are, it's just proof that there are jerks in society, you know, People with no tact. Sure. Um, now, there are other people out there who would say, what are you talking about? This woman was saw an opportunity, took that opportunity, suck it up for not seeing it as, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. and You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know. But it's, it's dehumanizing. Yes, I, I agree. And I, I have kind of a... <laughs> Victorian you know, like, sensibility? No, like... Like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> like like many of you, I, I don't feel as though the homeless are photo ops. Yeah. Well, okay. You know? So do you think that uh, Fravid Pegan was wrong? No, not at all. Because I think, I think that, that he was from the, from the email, he was respectful and he asked permission and, and, you know, it sounds like there would have been a conversation there had the interruption not happened. That yes. it would have been an exchange of energies. There would have been uh, uh uh, acknowledging this person's existence as a human being, not just as a subject for a photograph. Yeah, and I guess that's probably what, what I mean, he says there where he said she pounced upon my energy. 
And that's a good yeah, way of putting that's it. A, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. You know, I, I created this connection with this other person like a nice little couch, and this girl came and sat down in the middle between us. Right. Uh, interrupted my conversation. Yeah. So again, there, this, this wasn't just, hey, I'm snapping and I'm moving on. You know, and I've, I've had these kinds of exchanges where I've, I've sat and talked with people and it becomes a different thing when, when you treat them like a human being. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a dignity there that, that Fravid was trying to get to. And this, this person, you know, stole basically. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, see the thing is, I look at that and I say, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. What the girl did, like I, it would never even enter my mind. You know. Um, the question is, I wonder if you if you had the chance to, as some sort of omnipotent being, see the pictures that the two of them took. I wonder if it would shed any light on it. Hmm. Interesting. You know. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we'll have to. Uh, I, yeah, this is this is a tough one. Look, I, first of all, if you're ever in this situation, don't be the jerk. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> words to live by. <laughs> yeah. It's it's true, right? <laughs> don't be the jerk. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, I do, I do. One of the reasons why. One of the reasons why I am personally not a big fan of street photography for myself is that while I can go up and talk to people and that part is fine, it's the third party confrontations like he's dealing with here that drive me Mm -hmm, crazy. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't stand this kind of stuff. When I was at uh, Comic-Con, whatever, a few months ago. Uh, there were, you know, there's all these people dressed up in the cosplay and and, sure. and, and and the whole thing. And there was, you know, some many creepy guys walking around, well, seemingly creepy guys walking around, taking pictures of girls in untoward amounts of clothing. Right. And I just, you know, and you would see somebody setting up a shot and working on it, whatever it is. And then some other guy walk up behind like one hand, just like hold up their camera, like and then just keep walking like over your shoulder. Yeah. 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 And it's like, this is a jerk. What are you doing? I feel like this is kind of part of what makes me weary of a lot of workshop stuff too. Cause then it's just the people taking the same shot over and over again. Sure. You know, like, sure. Oh, let's set up this model in these lights. Okay. Everyone gets a chance to take the same picture. Right. Right. Well, that doesn't Slight, mean anything. Slightly different poses, but exactly the same lighting, exactly the same. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what did we just accomplish here other than sort of teeing up a golf ball for you to hit, you know, uh, you know, if, if you if you tore everything down and had each person set it up how they wanted, whatever, that would be a different thing. But that's too time consuming. Typically not how it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, so it just sort of becomes this sort of uh, uh, this mill of 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 mediocrity, you know, where it's just like sure. the same thing over and over again. I just don't understand that. Uh, but anyway, it's so uh, I guess we feel for you, uh, Fravid Pegan. And um, <laughs> we. uh, uh yeah, I don't know. It it sucks. I I would, however, love to see the pictures uh, you took. So if you want to send yeah, those to yeah. us, or mm-hmm. you have a link or, to them, I'll maybe I'll go look in his blog. Maybe they're on there. Uh, uh, and 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 we can share them with people. That would be really interesting. I think. Yep. Um. Wow, man. Time time gets away from us. Uh, we should probably talk about our sponsor. 
Squarespace. Is this this, uh, the new song? No, I wasn't thinking about it. That's that's a little too. No, it should be. Let's see. Uh, Squarespace built in your website. Squarespace. Oh, that's a good one. The thing, right? Squarespace. It's super (laughs) easy. <laughs> I dun, don't know. Dun, dun. Okay, that was suspiciously like the "I Dream of Genie" theme, though, wasn't Actually, it? Actually, I think it was the "I Dream of I Genie" think it was. Theme. Wow, where did that come from? Uh, so, hey, Squarespace, <laughs> you guys all know and love Squarespace, and they've just come out with their new Squarespace Seven, which is pretty great. I have to admit, it's pretty slick. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. If you go to squarespace.com/slash-seven, S-E-V-E-N, written out, uh, for more information, you can learn all about it. They've got a redesigned Squarespace 7 interface where you're kind of working on the pages right there with with a toolbar sort of next to it on the left, which is pretty amazing. They've uh, added better integration with Google Apps, which is great. So if you want to do your email and stuff through Google Apps, they can set it all up right through the Squarespace uh, interface. Uh, they've partnered with Getty Images. So if you're writing blog posts and that kind of stuff and you need an image for your blog post, you can search for it and do the whole thing right within Squarespace and plop it in there, uh, which is actually pretty slick. Uh, new templates. So there's a bunch of new templates. A lot of them are for like bands and weddings and that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've yeah, noticed they've, that. They've, they've done a lot of sort of uh, industry-specific yeah, uh, yeah, templates, which yeah. are pretty cool. Uh, and, and, and cover pages, which is actually a really neat... Uh, thing is useful, which is, you know, they, they, sometimes, you know, you're having a big winter sale and you, or, or, you know, new album came out if you're a, for a recording artist or that kind of thing. You can basically make the homepage of your site temporarily or, or permanently just sort of like a big image with minimal information on it that'll link straight to, say, the new album where you can buy it. Right. You know, or you can travel onto the rest of the website. Uh, pretty great stuff. As always, uh, Squarespace has their beautiful designs. It's simple and powerful. They've got 24-7 support with live chat and email. Uh, and uh, at only $8, it starts at only $8 a month. So, and you get a free domain name if you buy Squarespace for the full year. Uh, responsive design, so your website looks great on any device. And they've got commerce built into each and every uh, website. comes with a free online store. It's great stuff. Uh, can I just say? Yeah. The, the commerce is, is stupid simple. I'm much better than any other thing that has come it's, around. It's it's very simple. It integrates with uh, with a company called Stripe. Yep. Uh, which is is great because Stripe integrates with with all sorts of other things. Um, but I've I've been setting up uh, my some of my paintings that I'm going to put up for sale, and it's it controls inventory. It will email you when you get low on inventory. Uh, you can do sales built in. You can do coupons. Hey, built Jeffrey, in. it's your Squarespace site. Go paint some more paintings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get to work, slacker. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the, the integration is really nice. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, you guys should go all try this out. You can start a free trial with no credit card required. Start building your website today. Um, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, please make sure you use the offer code OTP for On Taking Pictures to get your 10% off your first purchase and show your support for On Taking Pictures. Uh, we thank Squarespace very much for the support of our show. Squarespace, yes. start here. Go anywhere. Squarespace.com slash OTP is the, is, the, is the URL. Go check them out. The code is OTP. Uh, yeah, they're great. Squarespace, man, they do make a good product and they're continually improving it. Once, I mean, going from six to seven is a little bit of a, okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. But, but after sitting down with it for a few minutes, it's, it's really cool because you can toggle from, 
from edit mode to preview mode by one, there's a little arrow in the top uh, left corner of yeah, that of sort of your, pops your window. into the stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so it shows the sidebar, and you you the sidebar contains all of your your fields that you that you can edit, uh, or you can edit posts and things right on the page. You can edit styles right on the page, which is pretty slick. And what you do is like if you're if you want to edit a header or something, you go into the style editor, click the header, and any editable parameters will show up in the sidebar. So you can change font, color, size, etc. And then, you know, click save, and then you're, you're, you're back to preview. So it's, it's pretty slick. Hey, do you, have you ever played with their developer tools at all? Nope. Hmm, interesting. All right. Nope. We'll discuss that some other time. Um, I, I did send a, a, a request to them about a feature. You did? Yeah. What was the feature? Can you say? Uh, yeah, to, to be able to open a light box from a text link. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. It should be kind of should be there really. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're, they're I'm sure they're going to get on it because they're very, they're responsive. But um, what, uh, Hey, you put this in the show notes, uh, a while. Yeah. Back. I thought this was interesting. Yeah, um, what do you got? IndieWire put up uh, <coughs> some some cinematographers. IndieWire is a, a movie making thing, right? Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Kind of a blog for for movie filmmakers, and I believe it's also associated with the magazine, but okay. I'm not exactly All right, sure. Fair enough. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Anyway, um, so they talked to to some of 2014's top cinematographers to share some thoughts on film versus digital. Yep. And uh, there, there, were, there were some interesting things. It's, it's a pretty long article, but uh, one, of, one of my favorite DPs, Jeff Cronenworth, uh, whose father was equally famous, if, if not more, uh, Jordan Cronenworth, uh, f- very famous family. Um, he says, it's been four in a row that I've done digital. There's still something inherently magical about shooting on film and to some degree, it's mysterious, and you get to be the wizard behind the curtain that makes everything happen, which I kind of love. But also with digital, you've eliminated some of the things that could be problematic, both photochemically and technically in labs with scratches and all kinds of mysterious things that can arise. There are not many, there's not many surprises with digital, but there are more risks that you can take. You certainly sleep better at night because you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. and call the lab to see if there's a job for you to do that day. But that doesn't mean any less work. You still have to put lights in the right places. You still have to make good choices and fight continuity along scenes. That last sentence is, is kind of what I, what I wanted to hone in on. Yeah. We kind of get stuck on, well, film's better, digital's better, film's better, digital's better. Yeah. But at, in, at the end of the day, there's still technique behind both. You yeah. still, like, like George, or Jeff says, you still got to put the lights in the right places yeah. and you still have to make good choices. I always felt that way with audio recording too, where, you know, there's always the argument between tape and, and digital analog and digital. And, and to me, it was always like, I always thought of digital, the ideal digital is being sort of a perfect analog recorder. So you're going to bring in your digital video thing to film this movie. Well, it's just going to act like your idealized version of the film thing, where it's just going to do everything you wanted. It's not going to run out of film. It's going to do, you know, but everything else about the movie is exactly the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess you need less light sometimes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I mean, overall, the acting still has to be there. The story has to be there. The script has to be there. The lighting has to be there. The camera moves have to be there. Your ability to control the camera has to be there. The fact that it's digital versus analog is somewhat silly. Uh, you know, what's interesting about this 
article is that I mean we talked about a similar article a couple of years ago towards the beginning of our show where almost everyone on this list I think everyone that I read was like yeah I like digital or I like um uh, what's it called I like film but I've used digital on everything lately or you know what I mean right almost everyone was saying it's yeah we're all using digital right where a few years ago when we discussed this there were a third of the people were just like, I'm never going to use digital. Now, right. I mean, it's, it's just a grab of five or six people who knows. Right. But, but I, but I do think that it's interesting that, uh, th- this, a shift has happened, you know, where mm-hmm. it's sort of the, the doing things on film in the movies is the really odd man out. Now it's sort of the really, you know, uh, which is, which is a really interesting shift from even five years ago when people were still arguing, no, film is going to go on forever for all these reasons. Right. Uh, you know, yesterday I was, I was thinking about audio recording and I was trying to remember how much time you got to record on like these big two-inch tapes that they used to use, like 24-track two-inch tapes in studios at X amount of inches per second, 15 or 30 ips. I was like, God, how long did it did you get to 27 minutes? And so anyway, I was looking up. I just looked up the Wikipedia article on magnetic tape and started reading and got all kind of sucked, sucked into it. And they were talking about some of the things that I had forgotten about that were so annoying about tape. For example, if you record tape too hot, like the level too hot, right? And the, and the tape isn't like super high quality tape. When those layers of tape wrap onto the reel on the other side, sometimes the, the magnetic gauze of one layer is so strong that it f- prints through to the next one. Mm, so mm-hmm. that when you play the tape back, you either get a pre-echo or a post-echo version of what's on what was next to it in the reel on the stack. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, oh my god, I forgot about that printing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like so many things that we forget about now that we're you know because we've 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 been brought back into sort of the romance of how it used to be. You forget about the wow and flutter. You forget about the fact that you had to calibrate these things all the time. You forget about, you know, all these different things that were just a real pain in the neck. Right. Um, I was, um, it's, uh, it's Hold, before we get too far away yeah. from this article. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it is an interesting read and, and there are some, some, some little nuggets in here from, uh, from different DPs about insights into their process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's worth a read. Uh, Rodrigo Prieto, who did the, the Homesman, uh, it's, it's more about the texture that fuels the story. For each different project or scene, I try to find what color, what texture, what will work. And definitely the format you shoot affects that. Digital has a certain look to it. Let's say it's more clean. It doesn't have the movement of the film grain. It doesn't have that sensation that film gives you. And there's certain things that digital cameras can do with a shutter, for example. On a film camera, you can't go with a wider shutter than 180 degrees, so I use that on The Wolf of Wall Street for certain scenes. Yeah. I use the shutter nearly 360 degrees to blow the images. I like both. I like the depth of film. I love the film grain. It's something that I gravitate to, but I also appreciate the benefit of digital for certain things. Yeah. And then a couple go on. Uh, Robert Yeoman, who did Grand Budapest Hotel, talks about you know, you're, you're cabled to everything now. You can't just pick up a camera and go. Uh, the way they 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 used to, uh, actually no, I'm sorry, that was not Robert Yeoman. No, that was uh, Tammy was that? Riker. Tammy Riker. Yeah. Uh, Yeoman was talking about you know it's really only the big people that that shoot on on film. Nolan, Tarantino, or sure. Wes Anderson. Yeah, but I mean even like the Tammy Riker thing. I mean 
yeah, she shot her first thing on a handy cam, blah, 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 blah. It's like you could still shoot on one that was small. You could shoot on a black magic cam. You don't have to have it hooked up to 27 different things all the time. You know? Sure. Like, sure. People choose to do that for convenience sake and, and all the rest of it. You know, uh, it's not like it's a requirement, you know. Uh, I just I, – I think all of this is fascinating. I also think it's fascinating. Somebody sent in a, an article last night. Who was the guy? Oh, uh, uh, David Lo- Dave Lawrence mm-hmm. sent in that Petapixel article with that video about how, you know, film's making a comeback or whatever. You oh, know, right, that, right, that right, kind right, of stuff. right, right. And it's like, well, okay, first of all, everything – everybody you talk to in the video is either selling film, selling film cameras, or has a vested interest in film coming back. So – Whatever. It's just a puff piece, right? But there's also this thing where for so long people said, oh, we use film because digital is grainy. It's not enough resolution. The color accuracy isn't good enough, blah, 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 blah. Film is quantifiably, objectively better in all of these metrics, right? Mm-hmm. What's funny now is that digital has gotten so good that what people talk about as the good things about analog are now the defects of analog, the stutter in films, the grain, the fact that colors do shift weirdly with different films and different processing and different whatever it is. It's funny that like it used to be the bastion of, of, of objectivity and now it's become sort of the the bastion of subjectivity. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the things that they, <clears throat> they're they're highlighting exact opposite things to sell it now, which is just kind of strange to me. Uh, like I like both, but you know, it's just it's just interesting to me how well, those, <clears throat> those things have 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 gone now by and large. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's cool stuff. Uh, all right, what else we got? Uh, okay, what do you think of these wet plate Barbie pictures? Uh, I you know they don't really actually look like wet plate to me because they're cropped uh, maybe yeah i mean a, a little bit the, the they they part of part of what i love about wet plate is the imperfection in in flowing the the collodion <laughs> onto the surface yeah uh, a couple of them you see that top left corners or or, yeah, 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 or yeah, something yeah. but but by and large they just look like they're toned in a different way to me yeah, I, I just I look at this and I feel like I feel like if this was on the onion, I it wouldn't be out of place to me. <laughs> okay, you know, sure. Sure. it's just like look at the absurd thing that somebody put together something from two thousand years ago to show how you know feminism and dolls and Barbie and and I just go really this is getting press from all the different photo sites. I mean, I know they need articles to write every day, but still, it's just sort of like. This is sort of the ultimate sort of uh, five minutes of fame on the internet kind of thing. You know? Right, right. Uh, let's just throw two kooky things together. You know, let's throw Reese's like peanut butter and chocolate together and see what happens. You know, uh, it, yeah, it just uh, it amazes me that this is still a thing. Uh, you know, great. I'm glad you're using – to say that these are so deep because he used UV light to make them look more human, Jeffrey. Styled the doll's hair, applied some skin products to the bodies, and then framed them in order to focus attention on the details of the faces. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> They're pictures of doll. I don't know. It's just crazy to me. I'm just, I'm lost in this world. You know, you're really embracing this uh, this Old over forty thing? curmudgeonliness. Yeah, I totally yeah. am. I love to see it. 
Well, you know, I figured, you know, pretty soon you're going to be in your 50s. And so we need to like level this out a little bit. Mm, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there was an article on the Today Show that I saw yesterday uh, that was all about how your digital photos aren't going to be around as long as your great grandfather's photos. Because uh, that's probably true. Because your your computers are going to crash and the whole world's going to end and blah 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 blah. Well, no, I think it's probably because hard drives have a shelf life and DVDs and CDs have shelf lives. Yeah. And- but see, I feel so right. That's what the article was saying. Right. The problem I have with that is that I feel like we are in a very we are on the precipice of all of those things that you've learned for years being much less important in the sense that. Um, I feel like anything that ends up on the internet somewhere big, somewhere, you know, like with a big company or something, you know what I mean? Like on a Google server or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. is probably going to be there from anything has since the year 2000 will probably be in the human consciousness forever because storage just keeps increasing. We just keep getting these bigger data centers. Things are backed up all around the world on 12 different servers to try to delete something is is next to impossible now. But is is Dropbox going to be around in 75 years? Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, okay, but but I don't think that I don't think that Okay, yes, but you will just because you stick it in Dropbox now doesn't mean that you're going to have it in Dropbox forever. Right, but that that's kind of the problem that I have. I've got a box of photographs that have been in the same box for 50 years. Uh, I haven't had to do anything to them. Yes, but you know what? You're, you're, I, I don't think in the future you will have to do anything to stuff. I think, I think the world is going to become much more – the computing world, the internet storage and stuff is going to become much less user reactive. Yeah, We're but, just okay. going to start saving stuff everywhere in 12 different places and you're and, not and really going to People have been saying it. that for years though. And I think in some ways it's gone that way. If you have if you have your phone uploading all your pictures to Google or Facebook or or Dropbox or whatever it is, like it's very difficult to end up losing your pictures and that kind of stuff. In a way that three years ago it was really easy to lose your phone and lose all your pictures. You know, uh, I just I guess my thing is that I, we are not going to be using hard drives for more than another five years. Like magnetic spinning hard drives, they'll be gone in five years. Probably, yeah. You know, it's like, so the whole idea of it's going to fail if you just keep it on a stick. It's like people are going to look at hard drives as if it's some weird, you know, like like you're pulling out an old hoe or something, you know. Uh, you're talking about the garden instrument, the, right? The garden instrument, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> cute. Uh, you know, I, I just, I feel like stuff like this is, while true right now at this exact second for the greater part of middle America, is 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 a very temporary situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the article is called Why Your Digital Photos Might Die Before Your Grandkids See Them. And I, I think that is a very link baity title. Sure it is. Uh, and, and, and I think you could easily write a rebuttal to this, which would knock down many of their points. Like This feels like it was written by somebody who doesn't, isn't really up to date with how all this stuff works. You know, uh, I mean, somebody else could disagree with me. Go read it yourselves and let me know. I just read it and kind of said, you know what? If my mother read this, she'd be terrified of all these things that she doesn't need to worry about anymore. Like burning stuff to CDs and Blu-ray. Who the hell burns anything to an optical disc anymore? Do you yeah. know any? I, there was a guy here yesterday who uh, – another Berkeley alum who, who uh, is a musician, is an engineer at a studio, and I was taking some portraits of him. And 
he's like a musician, whatever it is. And he told me he doesn't even own a CD player anymore. Like he doesn't own a computer that has an optical drive. Right. You know, and this is a musician who runs a studio. So it's just like the, I feel, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff in here that's like, yeah, it's true, but (laughs) you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. And it's, it's a a little bit of FUD in here. So anyway, I'll put the link in the show notes. Go check it out. And, and just usability tip, uh, for today, whoever's doing the, 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 the site on today, don't autoplay the video. Oh, does it? I, I, I have my flash stuff as click to play. So please don't do that. That's a jerk move. Yeah, it is. Hey, uh, Jeffrey, I'm going to send you a selfie stick. I don't know what this is. Uh, you said you got one. I don't know what this someone is. Someone gave this? me one for, for my uh, birthday the other day. A selfie uh, stick. Yeah, look up selfie stick and then look up images, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Right. It is hey. a stick. It is a stick uh, that you put your phone in the other end of it, like in a little cradle, so you can hold your phone out a couple feet and take pictures of yourself. You see this? Oh, it's like, a, like just like a little telescoping yeah, thing. Yeah. And in the handle, at least on mine, is a little Bluetooth thing. So you link it up to the phone. So there's a little button on the handle that hits the shutter. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. people complain about these. People, I'm sure there's people listening right now who said, yeah, of course it's a selfie stick. Like, Jeffrey, really? Are you that old? Uh, Apparently these are all no, the rage. No, it's not that I'm that You just old. never leave just, your house. <laughs> I just don't take pictures of myself. No, no. Yeah, but it's weird. When you walk around places now in the last month or so, you see people walking around with these. Why? I, d- to take pictures themselves. I was walking around town with my mother the other day doing some shopping, and there was... Uh, so this, wa- this is in lieu of interacting with another human being no, and you, asking them to take your photo. Yes, right. Now, here's now I have multiple problems with it. One, it's a little too vapid, and I don't take a lot of selfies anyway. Uh, number two, by definition, you have the phone towards tor- turned towards you so you could see what you're taking a picture of, which means you're using the front-facing camera, which yeah, is so generally a really crappy, crappy camera. camera. Yeah. Uh, and thirdly, like it just, it just seems so absurd. Like this seems like, forgive me, but this seems very sort of, uh, Japanese, this is, this is silly. you know, it just, the whole idea of sort of, Oh, I'm going to have this device so I can hold it out and take pictures of myself. It just feels so very foreign to me. Hey, go have a conversation. Even if it's only a couple of minutes, well, here's have a thing. conversation with someone, Jeffrey, ask them to take your photograph. I saw people walk around Two people standing next to each other, both with their phones on selfie sticks, walking down the street, taking pictures of themselves, walking down the street. Hmm. It's, this is a thing. All right. So here's my question. Uh-huh. Well, you and I both agree that it's kind of absurd. Yes. The question is, now that I own it, what can I, isn't there something else I could do with a device that does all the things that this thing does that is more interesting than what it was designed for? You know what I mean? Like, can I use this as a tool for for good instead of evil. And do you have any ideas? Mm. Is that a bad question? I mean if you could if you could pair if you could pair the 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 output of one phone to the input of another phone. Yeah. You know, and 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 use the thing like to get shots that you couldn't normally get. Yeah, like a like the, like I did with that Cam Ranger thing. Right, right. If you could use it <laughs> like that, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, but as, you know what I think maybe is this what they use like for uh, like on the, you put a GoPro on it like if you're skiing or something like the people that do like the snow yes, skiing when they're yeah where they're holding it out to their side okay yeah that 
that situation, that particular situation, kind of cool. But walking, just walking down the street, taking pictures. Well, of yourself. some people like here I am in Rome in front of the Colosseum. I'm going to take a picture of myself in front of. Ro- so, well, it's basically taking the place of holding your hand up and taking it yourself. Ugh. I know this. This is this is. It's just another excuse. with everything you stand for. Yeah, it's another excuse not to interface with a human being. Yeah. I mean, okay, fine. If you're standing somewhere and you're the only person there, but to use your example, if you're standing at the Coliseum in Rome, you're not going to be the only person there. Yeah. I'm going I'm to put the link to the, there's a Wikipedia article on the selfie stick, Heather. Or, <laughs> or Jeffrey, sorry, I'm that high right now. Uh, <laughs> in 2014, South Korea's radio management agency issued guidelines for the sales of selfie sticks. They use Bluetooth technology to re- trigger the camera. Such a device sold in South Korea is considered a telecommunications device. It must be tested and registered by the agency. Right. Some people have dubbed the device the narcissist stick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, you know, hey, if you've got one and it's useful for you, good on you. But I, I think you think this go, is weird. Go talk to someone. I think it's weird, too. And the person who gave it to me gave it to me somewhat as a joke, which I think is actually kind of funny. But I'm trying yeah. to think of something I could do with it. Maybe even a, a series of selfies of myself where I'm not walking around doing it, but use it as some sort of tool to take a series of self portraits or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but again, you're, you're, you're still stuck with the limitation of the front facing camera. Yeah, unless. I can well. I can turn it around. I just won't be able to see what I'm framing then. In which case, that might actually be interesting. That might be an interesting experiment, right? Not to see, right? But then, if if that's the case, then the only decision I'm making is now. Maybe, oh, see what if, what if you then what if you still interfaced with another human being and say, hey, you know, could you tell me when this looks good? <clears throat> oh, see, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, you know, flip it around so they see the screen. Hey, I want to take a photograph. Would you mind just telling me, you know, tell me when to take the picture? Yeah, yeah. Or give them the little thing, you know, and you know, let them. T- so there's still some interaction. There's still some sort of I don't know. What do I know? This is I I, I love how this is actually getting you upset. Ugh. <laughs> Go talk to somebody for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, all right why don't we uh uh what do, what do we got in the group the group what was it what was it family uh hang on, let me see let me pull no no it was renewal it was renewal my, <laughs> oh, right, my mistake it was the new my year. mistake yeah 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 uh again lots of really cool interpretations of of renewal and just lots of really great photographs uh that people are putting up um uh jeff preston Renewal, resting up for the next round of puppy toy destruction. What a great looking dog. Um, uh, and though it's not part of the assignment, Lance, terrific photograph of the train. You know how I got a thing for trains. Trains and dumpsters. <laughs> so basically big metal boxes. Basically you want to be a hobo, I think is, is that what we're learning. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. Well, you're halfway there. So, uh, uh, Millie, uh, uh, again, good stuff. And, and I like the one, well, the picture Wayne put up of him and his assuming wife or something kissing. Yeah. That's nice uh, Bo. Nice. Yep. What is that? A little festival of some sort. It's cold up where, where, uh, where some of these people are. Oh, it's very cold. It's David. Cold. Oh, David Lawrence here in Michigan. Uh, let's see, John. Hey, John, I'm getting a, a postcard from John. Very excited about that. That's very cool. 
Yeah, I've gotten a few postcards. You like um, the postcards. I do love the postcards. I have an idea for the print thing, and stay tuned. I Where need is that coat. print book that's been going around? No idea. It's lost in, in who knows, lost in translation. All right. um, Jim Azevedo, great stuff. Uh, Johan, uh, really terrific photograph. Um, Alex, um, thoughts uh, on this, what is this thing? Um, is it a deer? What is, is that a deer? It's got strange horns. Sorry, I was flipping around. Uh, I like it, but you cut off its feet. So either crop in so it looks intentional or pull back so it doesn't. Um, John Wilkening, great stuff. I like the, I like the idea of, of, yeah, just, you know, make it look intentional, even if it wasn't. (laughs) Right. Come on, uh, there's something to that. See, Tanya's at the, at the gym. God, man, I wish I could go to the gym right now. Yeah, well, you can't. So suck oh, it. I feel so run uh, down. All right, so what are we doing for next week? Is there a whole other thing? Hold on. I'm, I'm just, okay. Oh, I thought okay. you were done. Oh, Sorry. Oh, oh, Ian Logan? Yeah. Whoever drives that VW Bug with the lights all over it is super fun. Did you see this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, with the surfboards on top? I saw it a while back. Hold on. Yeah, it's great. Um... Yeah, and a lot of new members. So welcome, welcome new folks. Please don't hesitate. Post, 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 post. Talk about it. Comment on people's work. Uh, keep the discussions going. The discussions are, are really terrific. Um, <laughs> there we go. Gary Yost and his ladybugs. That's a that's a pretty cool thing. Gary Yost is like the coolest person ever. I think he might be the coolest person ever. He's he's up there. Um, Matheson commuter series and and Matheson's journal. If you haven't seen Christopher Matheson's journal. Uh, it's a thing of beauty. So go check that out. All right. So, uh, somebody suggested a a little while ago before and after, and, and it was suggested from the standpoint of, of doing a diptych straight out of camera and then post-processed. But Bill, you brought up something that that's fun too. Well, yeah, it could be a time shift kind of thing where, right. What, uh, what was the thing that you said? The example I use, yeah, I went to friendlies and had a, a, a happy ending Sunday with uh, the peanut butter and fudge. Mm, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and I took a picture of it before and I took a picture of it after it was empty. And so, right. so there's a diptych idea of, of doing sort of before and after as a, as a linear, as a linear time thing as well. Sure. Uh, maybe, <clears throat> maybe uh, before and after makeup, maybe uh, before and after the gym. Uh, it was you know, Tyler it was- Grinstead who said this. Tyler. Okay. So thank but, you. Tyler. But I also like the before and after touching enhancements too. So any yeah. one of those, you know, sort of a, yeah, before, after. Is that what you're saying? Before, after? Before, before and after? Which is a better tag? Hmm. I think before and after. Okay. What do you think? Before and after. Before, sure. after. I don't know. Whatever you guys want to do, but before and after. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, say before and after. That's good. Before and after. Yeah. Uh, have fun with that. Uh, again, we, we really like seeing all this stuff. Uh, if you have ideas for assignments, um, Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Or you can you can tweet uh, Bill at Bill Wadman or me at Jeffrey Sidoris. What do you got for photographer of the week? Delaney Allen. Yeah, you like this one? Interesting. Yeah. Somebody sent this in a while back. I, you know what? It may have been Sakasagawa. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, he's young, too. He's like 12 or something. Uh, and Is he really 12? <clears throat> no, he's like in his 20s, though. Okay. Uh, what I, what I like about this guy is he takes the kind of, I look at his pictures and I, and you can easily ruminate 
on his images. Like you just mm-hmm. stare at one for a while and go, ah, you know, and they are things that I would never take. And that's kind of why I find them fascinating. Yeah. He's got some, in- oh, interesting stuff. Yeah. Right. I like this shot of the, the windows and there's one open. Like, yeah. 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 The, the building. Yeah. And it's really colored, right? It's got like a, t- it's all pink or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, this is interesting stuff. It's really simple in the sense that like compositionally, like he's big on color on the same color or pattern on the right, same pattern. Right, right. Tone on tone, pattern on pattern. Yeah. 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 Um, but then he'll take pictures of sky or, or trees with a little fog or whatever it is in a way that doesn't just look like a snapshot for some reason. Uh, he's, he's very good at it. Uh, I like the invisibility series. Yeah. 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 In fact, let me, pull those up because i was looking at those earlier wanted to yeah discuss one well done right so it's between <clears throat> here and there yeah delaney allen <clears throat> he right, graduated so in college in like 2010 i think i think he graduated uh wait delaney allen is that a girl or a boy that's a good question i'm saying girl right delaney or boy delaney right what do you think <laughs> I'm saying think, girl. Or I wait, boy? I don't think they say, sorry, I'm really still not right in my head. Uh, uh, nice stuff. It's, on a, the it's blog. a guy, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, 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 he graduated in 2010 or something from school. So he's, he's young. Uh, but I has been in several group shows. Yep. Putting he's, himself out there. That's good. Good for him. Good for you, Delaney. Yeah. And I just think it was something different. And I wanted to highlight, you know, we get, people send in a lot of photographer in the week suggestions and yeah. while, while I don't want to just do new people and I just don't want to do old people, so many of the ones we get are... Especially now that you're one of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, ah. Like we have done so many, for example, Magnum photographers, you know, right. and there are always more to do, but it's like, okay, well, let's do something that looks a little different. And I think this guy's stuff does look different in a yeah, way I that like I like stuff th- a lot. Right? <clears throat> it's just, it's, it's shooting in a way that I would never think to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which it, there's lately I'm looking weird, more for like non sequitur stuff too. Yes. Yeah. It's only, there's a little bit of where he's got letters and photographs next to each other, the between here and there stuff. Right. Right. Um, where, where it almost feels like, um, it, it, it's almost a uh, conceptual art, you know, like the whole thing is just some story where there's words and there's pictures and some beautiful blonde woman. It's, you know, a lot of it is just color wash too. It's it's yeah. skies or I, I, I want to see a lot of, of these the ocean. Yeah, I want to see a lot of these prints just huge. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, really interesting stuff. Well done, good find. Whoever yeah. sent this in, good good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DelaneyAllen dot com. D E L. Well, it'll be in the show notes. A N E Y A L L E N. Yeah, we'll put, it, put a link in the show notes. And uh, I thought it was a good one. Something different. Yeah, I like these cavern shots too. Yeah. Seems like a guy who might be interesting to contact for you. Yeah. Something yeah. Different. I'd like to figure out what's going through his head. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Anything else? Sorry. I'm just kind of scrolling through all this stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. We're at, uh, uh we're at like a hour and 15 minutes. So I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. Let's, let's, <clears> let's, <throat> uh, let's, let's call go it back a day. To sleep. Yeah, you do. Uh, so, uh, 
shoot us an email, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh, you, can, you can find us on iTunes, and if you wouldn't mind leaving a, a review or a rating, it helps people find us. Um, and, and looking forward to, to seeing where we go in, in 2015. I think, I think there's some good things in store. Absolutely. In store. Yeah. Uh, and so till next time. Yeah, feel better. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Say what you wanna say I know what you will say Will leave